0: On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Stargirl's series finale helped it be the best show of the year. If Stargirl's series finale helped it become the second best show of the year. If Stargirl's series finale helped it be the third through 41st best show of the year. All of that, plus the Doom Patrol premiere, the Warrior Nun season finale, and a conversation with Paul from the Waiting for Doom podcast on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? And welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live-action TV show based on a comic book. I'm your master of chaos, Caitlin, somebody who does not change the cue cards out when they are actually talking. My name is actually Ryan, and tonight, and for one night only, I have been given the honor of hosting. Who let this happen, guys? I am so wacky and like random that it's crazy that this happened mike and caitlin get in get on stage everyone come on in here
1: who's which one of the board of directors cousins did we just find out you are for you to be able to host this ryan
0: i just i think that being a cousin is very important especially if they let you do things that's i think the only reason to have a cousin right
2: (laughs) what kind no it depends on what kind of things yeah yeah (laughs)
0: yeah Do you guys? Did you guys ever find a cousin attractive? What? How does Cassie do this? She like starts the conversation. <laughs> what are we supposed to talk about? Well, right now? I don't.
1: The, the Cassie's trick is she's never brought up incest. Uh huh. Okay.
0: <laughs> so let me rephrase that. <clears throat> Has a cousin ever found us attractive? <laughs> what uh, TV show based on comic books makes you guys think of your most attractive cousin? That's a better way to start the show. Yeah,
1: I think because now it's in the it's in the zeitgeist. It's in the loop. We're on premise. We're we're back to being branded. I would say tales of the Walking Dead. Why? (laughs) Because
0: I feel like they're always new and
1: rotting. My cousins. That is,
0: huh? Um, What is the uh, circle of like Caitlin would if you found out that uh, Brandon or your husband, sorry, I won't say his name, uh, was your fourth cousin? You still stay with him? I mean, at this point, like,
2: yeah. I yeah, mean, if I found out. Grosser. It's not going to get <laughs> <Yeah>. dirtier. <laughs> this is dirty as it gets, man. Um, but I mean, if I just found out he's my fourth cousin, I don't know. I I think I'd still be okay with that. Is that weird? Mike, similar question.
0: Uh, if you found out that Caitlyn was your fourth cousin, would we have to kick her off the show?
2: Yeah, I can't
0: pod with
1: cousins. That's disgusting. That's so gross, dude. That's ew. so weird.
2: Marriage is fine, but podding, ew.
0: Yeah. You talk to your cousin every week? What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Guys, we don't have time for your inane bullshit tonight. Uh, This is a special show. We are announcing not just the number one show of the year, but also number two through 28. If you think that there were more shows released this year, that is true. We did the bottom 18 on Patreon. So you're going to have to go to patreon.com slash yourpotfilter. Subscribe and hear what the worst 18 were. Do you guys want to give them a taste? Can you even remember one show that we talked about?
1: It made us go, oh, oh, ah.
0: How many times, Caitlin, did we say the term The Walking oh, Dead? Oh, <laughs> ah, ah.
2: Four times, and then four. that was it. And four Because for four. if we said it any more times, then it would come out of the wall and then eat us all alive.
0: Beetlejuice rules with The Walking yep. Dead. Beetlejuice rules. <laughs> uh I want to uh, haste... I want to tarry no further. I want to haste not, want not. We have to get into this countdown. So, guys, instead of going to the main event, which is the Star Girl finale, we also have the Doom Patrol premiere tonight. We have the Warrior Nun season finale. We're going to count down the middle ground of the best shows of the year. The top 28 shows of the year. So many websites at the, this time of year do top 10. Is that for weak people? Lazy. Are they cowards? Yes.
2: They just didn't learn how to count farther than 10, and it, oh, and it shows.
0: Uh, take off your damn shoes and socks. There's 10 more foot fingers there to help you count.
2: Oh, I love a little
0: foot fingers. Let's go with uh, number 28 is Pennyworth. 27 is Batwoman. And 26 is MODOK. Caitlin, which of
2: those three should be higher or lower? Um, I think they're all actually pretty slated pretty well. Um, MODOK, I actually enjoyed that one a lot but I don't I know you guys didn't so I liked it yeah Yeah, we liked it it it. was fun it was a good one so I guess if any of those should go up higher it should be that one Uh, low ceiling high
1: floor Modoc had
2: yeah Mm. yes Pennyworth it was it was a wild one what is the rest of the the name of the title Pennyworth
0: the origin Uh, of Batman's butler
2: yes yes and then (laughs) the (laughs) third show is
1: Batwoman the origin of Batman's cousins
0: protege (laughs) You can't stop bringing up cousins tonight. That's so weird. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about this later with Doom Patrol, but I, it doesn't seem like the move to HBO Max is helping out Titans and Pennyworth for like, being more buzzworthy. Nope. That uh, was a good try. Mike, the next three. Uh, number 25 is What If? Number okay. twenty. Number 24 is Bat Wheels. And number 23 is Young Justice Phantoms. What seems too high or too low there? Bat is crazy now that we think <laughs> about it that Batwheels was not in the Patreon
1: segment. Somebody's thick car loving finger
0: was on the scale of this shit. So man. it was
2: like, this is actually a really good show.
0: I <laughs> mean, like, are, we're, we're going to release this on, you know, Vulture or whatever website pays us the most. Are we embarrassed that we're saying that Batwheels is the 24th best show of the year?
1: Yes. And I'm. I'm <laughs> Not a what-if defender on the show, but it is dumb that what-if is
0: lower than Batwheels. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, That's, that's just because at-
2: you're a DC hater, and that's why.
0: <laughs> These are three animated shows, roughly of all the same quality. Are we surprised that uh, what-if and Young Justice Phantoms are this low? Yeah,
2: I
1: think Young Justice Phantoms was is a baffling show. It needs to be studied like some sort of old literary text more than... <laughs> Casually popping in and out the way we did.
0: Every episode should start with like, in which, in which Superboy defeats the Martians, or in which uh, Dick Grayson falls in love. Like it, it feels like that thick of literature. Yes, uh, and
1: it's about so much more than those. Uh, it definitely should be higher. What if should be maybe a little higher, but more than anything, Batwheel should be so much lower. Batwheel should be at the top, and Batwoman should be higher. I'll take that, even though that was last. chunk
0: of shows you prefer women to wheels is what you're saying i do as far (laughs) as bat things go
1: as far as bat things go i prefer women to wheels but i do like my women like i like my
0: wheels round (laughs) (laughs) curvy caitlin the next group of shows number 22 is i am groot number 21 is the umbrella academy oh and number 20 is moon Knight. what should be higher what should be lower
2: I thought Umbrella Academy would be higher. Um, actually, all these shows are pretty good shows. Like I'd, I'd get down and watch all of these shows. So I'm excited to see what's ahead of these because, like, yeah, Umbrella Academy has always been fun. The dan- its wacky, which we love wacky here. All their dancing and singing—love that shit. What What was the first one you said? I Am
0: Groot. Remember I those six f- delightful uh, three-minute episodes?
2: Yeah, so we had like 30 seconds of I Am Groot, and that one did got up pretty high for that. But I mean, all 30 seconds of it was pretty fun. I did enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I Am Groot was like in my top five for a while. when Really? This together. It's just because so it was fucking, so short. It couldn't, it
2: couldn't fuck up. It didn't have enough time. Yeah, no, <laughs> no
1: room to fuck up. It was just a good old time.
0: It's just I don't know, fun. I don't know if we say this on every show of the year episode, but can we maybe remember throughout the year when we're complaining about these shows, that we actually like the vast majority of yes. them? Can <laughs> we really please do. remember that? These are three pretty good watchable shows. Yes. I have seen Moon Knight on top 10 list, like end of the year actual critics top 10 list. Well, that's I thought, stupid. I think Moon Knight should be lower than it is right now. It should not be in the top 20, but whatever.
1: I agree. Uh, out of those, that's the one that sticks out the most. Seriously.
2: I like Moon Knight.
0: We might go fine. on a little bit of a Marvel run here, Mike. So you tell me what should be higher, what should be lower. Your number 19 show is Warrior Nun. Should be Eight- higher. 18 is Ms. Marvel. And 17 is Hawkeye. Okay. Oh. Oh. Hawkeye should definitely be higher.
2: Really? I think it should be lower. I You're agree four. with Caitlyn.
0: Ms. Marvel should be higher than Hawkeye Oh, for sure. The thing percent. is, Ms.
1: Marvel had two good characters bogged down by a lot of horse shit. Uh, Hawkeye...
0: Was mostly delightful. What's it like to be sexist, man? in In 2022, <laughs> what is that the
1: two like? good characters are women.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Ms. Guess. Marvel
1: and her mom ruled. Everything else in that show was kind of and
2: her weird. dad.
1: He yeah, came in, in dresses Mom's the Hulk. Yes, yeah. that
0: was delightful. But the the what the show was actually about sucked. Here's <sighs> here, here's what I love about wrong people. They're like, yes, that's a good point. Yes, that was good. Yes, I love that. Yes, that's great. But otherwise, no, I hate it because it started girl. That's Mike's whole thing. Mike Way to Captain take everything 4chan. out of context.
1: But no, you just love fighting the Jin, and you loved yet another boring-ass, oh, or the world might end. Oh,
0: nobody's bad anymore. Who cares? I can't believe I have to take another one on the gin. Uh Caitlin, the next group, number 16 is Sweet Tooth. Remember that shit? Yeah, that one's N- good. Number 15 is one of tonight's main events, Doom Patrol, and number 14, Caitlin, is The Boys.
2: The Come on boys.
0: now. Come on. The Number 14 is The Boys.
2: Uh, well, I know Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth was really good, and it was also, I feel like it was one that could win awards. Um, it was done really well, and it was drama-ish. So I feel like that one, I knew that one was going to go high. I, I would always watch that one. The Boys, obviously not a fan, so um, this is a fine slating for it for me.
1: That is the best show we've covered this year.
2: What the, f- what? Not even I and Groot? <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, it, it might, You know what? I'm going to say this. As big of a fan as I am of I Am Groot, The Boys is better. The Boys not being in the
0: top 10 is ridiculous.
1: That is more embarrassing than Batwheels being in the top 24.
0: <laughs> uh, let's slow play this one. Your number 13 show of the year is Superman and Lois.
2: Wow. It, I would expect that to be higher.
1: We love it. It is great. Again, we are going to be... We so often forget how great all these shows are. The majority of the shows we cover are.
0: For a CW show, I think that's kind of high.
2: Yeah. Really? But it earned it. Do you think it's high it. for Superman and Lois, though? Because, yeah, it is, it is a great show.
0: No, I know you're severe bias, Caitlin. I'm, just, I'm sort of just watching it as a professional TV critic who knows a ton about TV and talking about TV. And it's, it's good. That's high. It's not better than the fucking boys. It's
1: not better than the boys. But that's the boys should be higher. Superman and Lois should not be lower.
0: Yes. So, it's a good 13th place show for you, Mike. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Your number 12 show is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Wow. Is this a recency bias?
2: I think so. And it was delightful. It was and delightful, in the. But I don't think. I think it's like a more of an I am Groot. So, I think it should be a little bit lower, especially than Superman and Lois, even the Umbrella Academy almost. like.
0: Uh, it's similar to I am Groot in that Groot was in
2: both. Yes. And
0: the
1: so short it's hard to fuck up. Yes. But, like get in get out tell one
0: story hell yeah let's please do that and can i just remind you and i know we talked about this literally last week but can i remind you of the point where they're opening up dioramas and it goes Uh through the entire story and then the last diorama is the moment that we're watching (laughs) this should have been number one
1: nothing's funnier than that moment
0: you're number 11 and mike i need to know if you're upset if this makes you happy or sad your number 11 show is legends of tomorrow this in this day and age, I, it's crazy that you still see hashtag
1: save legends tomorrow. Like guys, give up the ghost. It is not going to happen. Let it go. Get a new show. Uh, I don't think the let their last season was the strongest they've been. This makes a lot of sense, and I actually think it might be our love of their history is why it's
0: so high. I see. So should maybe be based on the episode or a season lower. If it a was any high. higher, it would be clear fudging the numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Just because
1: we once voted it the best show we've ever covered. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) We're never going to live that down. It does. Even though I know it was a big voice of that, the
0: further we get away from it, it seems a little absurd. It beat Watchmen.
2: Yep. That's wild. Uh, All
0: right. So that's your middle 18. Uh, We're going to take a break and then talk about Stargirl. And then later on in the show, we will do the top 10 shows of the year. (laughs) On the season three finale turned series finale of Stargirl, the JSA and not-dead Pat Dugan have their final showdown against the Ice family and Starman slash the Ultra Humanite. The battle ends after Courtney proclaims the Ultra Humanite unworthy of Cosmo, and Art Boy turns on his own papa. Once everything is settled and the team has had a nice meal, we jump 10 years into the future, where we learn of all the ways the JSA has saved the world and get a surprise cameo from The Flash, who is calling on the team for another mission because their adventures are never over. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Don't you wish that were true?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I gotta say, for like, there's been stronger episodes of Stargirl. There were good moments in here. But when it said, never the end, it didn't get dusty, but it got a few steps towards dusty because this is the end. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that the whole ending, because it did sum it up so nicely, like to end, and then they're like, we're not done yet it's like we know you're canceled so well, it's like it hurt there, it hurt
0: is there gonna be them on the flash or
2: i feel like it is but who's that'd be awesome
0: that? <laughs> i would
2: that actually might make the last season of the flash good
0: is there any other shows they could be on superman and lois I don't, is that isn't that a different dimension universe thing yeah,
2: yeah but so
1: is star girl a different dimension from all of it
2: also the flash that came on wasn't grant gustin it was the other flash
1: yeah yeah, but Jay, Jay Garrick. That's his dad, right? But And he runs all around.
2: Dad?
1: Oh, wow. No, well, he played, the actor played his dad. He's not Barry Allen's dad. He's <sighs> Jay Garrick from Earth 3. Uh, <laughs> I got to say, I, I loved most of this episode. It was great. The ending, can we just talk about the ending? Can we get this shit out of the way? Why don't, yeah. yeah,
0: we'll work backwards. Like, let's do a memento.
1: Shade is now at the JSA Museum. We see that there's a lot of wings. Uh, we only see the one area with the giant, uncomfortable stone table. Uh, he's a apparently a member of the JSA, but he also is a tour guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is just telling you all the things that happen. Man, this sucked. What is a, what a bad way to end?
0: I could not disagree more, Mike. Right now, you're acting less like the Mike I know and more like the Mike on the show, who so- somehow becomes uh. What's Stripe 2.0, Stripe I believe. Stripe 2.0. Yeah. There's no, there's no way that unless that, uh, that giant robot is gonna throw around pizzas. Going, oh my god, I'm walking here. I'm in Frickle New York. In. That there's no way. Um, no, I thought it was. I thought it was amazing. I thought like seeing all the banners up there and seeing them like slightly aged. I thought that w- it was a great ending. The
1: banners were cool. It was his monologue and just like, and this happened. And you know this ha- and like, I don't know. It was just. What
0: about uh, Our Man and Doctor? Goggles, Doctor impendi- Midnight. Doctor Midnight, their impending nuptials. Which come on,
1: yeah, that's cute. I like yeah, That's fine. But it, it went on for so long of just a guy describing things, and half of them, he's like, you know, the great things they did, and most of them we saw. And so, like, were they good?
2: That good of a team? Also, do you think this is something that they filmed after they learned that they were canceled, or that's was it something question. that was pre-done?
1: They filmed this whole season. If th- we are done, we are happy with that. When oh. I talked to Sean McAbee from Stargirl After Show, he shared that. Interesting. They, no matter what was going to happen, they, if they have time, cool. We keep to keep going. But if we are done, we are done and we ended it.
2: Because the way that it felt, it felt like they learned that they were canceled. They needed to kind of scramble together some sort of ending to make it more satisfying. And that's what it felt like. Because I agree with, like, it should have been something bigger. If, like, we should have seen at least the shadows of... The new JSA or something grander, a flashback montage, anything. I think would have been better than just like having Shade explain what happened. Well, we got a flashback. The Flash
0: came back.
1: <laughs> so it was right there. Get the a end. flashback in that way. And Not then, you know the one what? It, at least all the characters didn't say, "We are the ones who star girl for ten fucking minutes."
2: <laughs> we are the ones who lived.
0: <laughs> but I can see both things being true. I can see that, uh, like, I Sean, Maccabee. Say they like, we're going to go out in this, like, how we want. But then also cobbling together that table scene. Yeah. If, like, that's what they needed once they actually got it. I thought it worked for me. I don't know. Uh Maybe I was just too emotional at that point. And I was too emotional if we're working backwards in the episode. Because Courtney can't get over Icicle Jr. Yeah. And goes to his house. And I hate this guy. I think he sucks yeah. as a character. But he makes it snow when she's standing there looking at the house, and then says, hey, "Do you have a uh, room for one more?" or whatever the fuck he says. And it was adorable. It Can was you very help cute. me? Yeah,
1: that was adorable. Uh, but I see people online like, "Oh, we got that Doctor Midnight and Hourman are gonna get married. What about these two? Look, not every couple who's together in high school does
0: stay together.
1: And I actually, for both of them, hope that they are onto better relationships than the one they
0: met in high school. But they are—they are both on the JSA. That's fine. As Starwoman."
2: Yeah, that one was the first because I think that's the first thing that they said. Star woman. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Does she? I don't know. When do you lose the girl? Because I mean, she's like seventeen. It's but...
1: it's in the Britney Spears song. I think lets you know the formula of, to figure <laughs> out when you are no not longer not
0: girl. a girl. All the writers were like, "No, she's still star girl," and the head writer would just tap the banner that said the lyrics to the Britney Spears song. Say so, mm-hmm. like, "No, read that again."
2: So, Stargirl wouldn't even go to The Flash. Star Woman would be there.
0: Star Woman. Yes. And Which does not roll off the tongue as much no. as Stargirl. Star Woman. Uh, going a little bit backwards or maybe forwards from where we are, uh, Mike gets to meet his mom, who looks shockingly like Molly Ringwald. Yeah. And I'm here to posit <laughs> our Archie Andrews and Mike from Stargirl related. Are they brothers?
1: Are
2: they the same person?
1: <laughs> They are half-brothers, and uh, she stopped being a lawyer and went to work at a little Americana-style diner to get away from Archie.
2: This is her second family. Uh, That she she ditched uh, as well. Yes. (laughs) There's one thing she loves.
1: (laughs) It's ditching families.
0: And I'm all out of gum. All right she gives a little wave to Pat like these people were like used to be married they had a kid together she gives a little wave to Pat and Pat's still like shy he like looks down and, like
1: <laughs> he like does a little nod well Pat I think hey hate- Pat still loves Ultra humanite in Sylvester Pat hates this woman yeah Pat didn't let Mike see her for like 10 years
0: because the firemen brought Mike to Pat's house saying do you want this kid that you came from your nuts she was like strung
1: out so they divorced <laughs> she was strung out and things happened
0: all right one more ending thing before we actually talk about the episode um artemis with the craziest eyes yes. i have ever seen uh just absolutely burns icicle to death did this Ooh. strike you guys as a non-cw thing are we supposed to watch children get revenge
1: like this it was what a fun not backdoor but backdoor pilot i would watch a show of artemis like leading up to that moment. Her running down and killing people on her way to find Icicle in Denmark. It was the best she's been in the show. It was a fucking awesome moment to see. I loved it.
0: Her eyes were wild. Yeah. <laughs> Would you guys do that to your the people who killed your parents? I'll do that if
1: somebody cuts me off on the freeway.
2: Yeah, burn them.
0: I need hobbies. <laughs> You know what's weird about you too is that you will do that if somebody cuts you off, but definitely not to somebody who kills your parents. Nah, You'll thanks like, for the yeah. favor, bro. <laughs> Whatever, that's fine. All right, let's get to the entire episode. Um, we've talked a lot about this episode, call or this season called Frenemies, and we've talked about how all like everybody deserves a second chance. People can change. What I liked about this finale is that it sort of showed how people can change, but they they won't necessarily. They you know? have to and- want to. In a worse show, a lesser show, it would have showed everyone change to prove their point. And this show had like 50-50? Yeah. uh, So Shiv has fully changed.
1: She's a full hero by this. Uh, Grandpa Icicle and Art Boy Mm -hmm. both flip on their family. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that's huge. When when, What's it? Horace. Grandpa Icicle, when he's just like, can we all just stop killing each other? And his wife of... 80 years is just like, if you don't kill this child in front of you, Beth, I will kill you then. Yeah. Whoa. I think that's irreconcilable differences. You're going to, if you both survive this, have a hard talk.
0: You know how they say when, if you've been married for decades, when your spouse dies, then you're, you, you die soon after that. Right. I think Grandpa Icicle is going to live an extra 10 years. It's the healthiest <laughs> and spriest
1: we'll ever see him walk. <laughs>
0: Uh, what did you make of Wildcat after Grandma Icicle got smashed by a car, landing and be- pulling a full urkel Of did I do that? She
1: said I didn't do it, <laughs> which was it was it was very funny. And then I like I rolled my eyes at myself because I was like I don't know. Last season it was all about her guilt over killing somebody, and now it's a joke. I was like whatever, comics man.
2: <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. I was like this is gonna fuck her up, and then she was like oops, because she but didn't she-
1: do it. She
0: didn't do it, and also fuck the icicle family,
1: yeah, I think they are not people to any of them at this point
0: <laughs> nobody nobody blamed Mike for accidentally slamming a pickup truck into the original icicle.
1: I did see a uh online that somebody said the icicle family's kryptonite is cars <laughs>
0: <laughs> that does make sense um so uh. W- Let's start at the very beginning, where Pat gets out of the dirt because he is able to dislocate his thumbs.
2: And yes. then climbs
0: out in a uh, – did this sort of feel horror movie, Mike? Oh, yeah. Where we see the hand come out of the grave, and then he pulls himself out. He sits Courtney down and says, yeah, I mean, I should have died, but uh, Sylvester taught me this thing. Yeah. Are we bringing Sylvester Pemberton, not Joel McHale, but the original Sylvester more – are we bringing him back around to being a good guy? I, I think so. They want us. To
1: not hate who Starman and Sylvester Pemberton were,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that he he did good things, and that's again the the seeds of if the show continued, his brain is in a tube in the Himalayas somewhere, <laughs> like, repeating
0: his own scream over
1: and over. That again. was hellish.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think this whole episode was like, no, Starman's actually a good person who you've been seeing is someone else and awful. So. This is actually Starman. It was like a redemption for mm-hmm. Starman. But the
1: flashbacks we've seen, he also kind of sucked. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if you cast Joel McHale, yeah, that comes with a certain thing. I think. A, a uh, if you guys step. haven't watched the Bear yet, he's is he in, in it? it? For Thirty seconds, and he's so Joel McHale. Nice, so Joel McHale. <laughs> I I do like so.
1: Jordan is like, yeah. Sorry, Courtney. Ultra Humanite killed Pat. And Sylvester's like, "Yeah, we're gonna team up with icicle now. We gotta go kill the ultra humanite. Uh, we'll all be this together." And then Pat shows up and ruins all their lies. And they're all like, "No, don't le- listen to Pat." <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: like, no.
0: Just one last ditch effort. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and Joel McHale freaks out. He's like, "God, fucking damn it, this yeah. guy,
2: Pat, He's why like, you won't, won't you die. die?" Yeah, which is you funny guys-
0: because uh,
1: in in the flashbacks we see them. Icicle and Ultra Humanite and Dragon King dig up Starman. But they bring back real Starman. They bring him to life because they So Real Starman has died several times as well.
0: Comics. I that that was a little forced. Like they should have gotten his corpse. Yeah. The fact that he was still alive again to then realize that he was about to die again. That was rough. That was very comic book. Um looking at the rest of the JSA, going through Wildcat. Um, Our man and Doctor Midnight, do you guys think that they, the secondary members, all got their stories, arcs, and ended it appropriately it there's just that the cast has grown and and there was a lot
1: this episode had to do that they I feel like Beth got the most then Rick, then Yolanda, Yolanda, who was almost number two for a lot of the show got a phone call to her mom being like, Hey, I'm going to tell you the truth.
0: And that almost seemed like, you know, Caitlin was talking about how that, maybe that table scene was added. Right. have also added that phone call scene just because they knew it was the last episode.
1: Yeah. I I feel like the, with the growing cast and crazy plot lines, her character's the one who's kind of gotten the shorter shrift than that showed here as well. Um, Beth, her parents being excited and pumped about becoming her sidekicks was adorable. (laughs)
2: It was so cute. I was not expecting that, but yeah. I was like, oh, we'll be your sidekicks. It's like, oh, wow. I didn't even think that would be something that could happen. Then they made up their names. Do you remember what their names were? I think were? It's it was like N- Nightlight Nightlight, Hootch
1: or something? <laughs> yeah, Hootie. Hootie, because... Turner and Hoot. Hootie <laughs> was an owl. I forget who it belonged to, but Hootie was an owl like on the original JSA.
2: Ah.
0: Or maybe she just loves the blowfish.
2: That's what I was thinking. I went straight to that, but...
0: And then Our Man, who that actor I didn't think was great until I saw Icicle Jr. And then I was like, no, you know what? Our Man as an actor is pretty good. Uh, his heartfelt apology slash thank you. Yes. Like, thank you for being the family that I don't have. I thought was pretty effective. Yeah, yeah, his was
1: great. I mean, he also has had 15 years on all the other kids on to learn how to act. Mm-hmm. So that helps.
0: He's a lot older is what you're saying? He's a lot, he, the,
1: he looks a lot older.
0: He's the Luke Perry of He, he uh, is he, He's Luke Perry in a lot of ways. All right, guys. Is there anything that we want to say? Mike, we'll start with you. Uh, let's do the eulogy. Is there anything that we want to say to Stargirl before we say goodbye?
1: To make us rethink our opinions of a CW show. Uh, to, to connect what it means to be a legacy hero to high school drama. It just, week in, week out, impressed me. And that three seasons in, it wasn't like oh this season really stunk like we had our complaints but it was really focused on like a character so to, to that is strong uh, and and to be Are you able talking to, about Mike it's it's Mike okay. and uh, Mike on Stargirl, just like Mike on this show really drags everything else down correct uh, but yeah I was just always impressed and try to get more people to watch it and I will continue to do so even though it's done this was this was a great show Caitlin.
2: Um, this is the best stepdad we've ever had on any show. Um, Pat Dugan will go down in, I feel like gotta go down in like some sort of pop filter stepdaddy hall of fame and he'll be there all by himself taking care of everyone else in pop filter hall of fame.
0: If anybody has a stepdaddy hall of fame, it should be pop filter for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: We have the hall of
2: daddies. <laughs> and this is the stepdaddy hall. <laughs>
0: I have watched so many movies featuring stepdads that we haven't even talked about on this show. Um, yeah, like, it, this is it's so sad, but I do think that this is the best show Arrowverse has provided us. Yes. Um, Legends of Tomorrow is our favorite show of all time. But if we were to re-rank, I don't know. Do you guys think that Stargirl is ahead of it?
1: I think so. I think pound for pound. Well, Legends of Tomorrow, love it. Love them dearly. Had some, you know... Flabby seasons. And this I, did not.
2: For me, I couldn't really stay on board with Legends. Stargirl was one that I, every time I went back to it, it was like, "God, oh, this is so exciting." And I wanted I would watch an extra couple of episodes because I I liked it a lot and it's it's just so fun. And it did a great job, like Mai said of of like telling a high school story. Enjoyed it. When you say Verso, are you talking about like Superman and Lois too or <laughs> Yes, that counts uh, as the universe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would yeah, put uh, this like number two. <laughs>
0: if there's any people listening to this that like, didn't watch it because it was about teenagers or more likely had the word girl in the title, please rethink your decision. Like mm-hmm. These three seasons are amazing.
1: Also, like I think the most impressive, other than those videos that Ryan said we don't review here, the most impressive piece of media I've seen to deal with a stepdaughter-stepfather relationship. I can't Mm -hmm. think of another one that comes close that
0: is this heartwarming and vulnerable. All right. uh, I guess we do this now, Caitlin, moment of the week.
2: Oh, you should go to Mike first.
0: Mike, what's your moment of the week?
1: Uh, I, of course, have a couple. Uh, One is Jordan saying, don't force me to do to you what Brainwave did to his son, to Cameron. Made my jaw literally drop. That's crazy to be like, hey, be on my son, son, or else I'm going to have to kill you like my friend did his son. Oh, It'd be a real
0: shame fall. if... Uh...
1: Oh. Uh, and then Jordan freezing the air in Courtney's lungs. Uh, I thought it was fucking brutal and dope, but nothing we talked about. It. It's the Artemis lighting him on fire was fucking amazing.
0: I did not. That one was surprising to me. Uh, my moment of the week is, we already talked about it, but Beth sort of thinking like, I mean, I want you guys' help, but sidekick feels a little derogatory because yeah. Beth is woke, you know? So, like, I can't use the term sidekick. And her parents were like, fuck
2: you, bitch! We're sidekicks now! <laughs>
0: uh,
2: hey. My moment of the week, uh, it's when Starman is, like, convinced Stargirl that the staff is his. But she's like, but mom comes to the rescue and she's like, no. He's manipulated you into believing that he has Mm -hmm. earned that. You are the only one that controls it. He has it because you're letting him have it and you can't let him have that hold over you. That whole moment where she's like, mom came in and was like the superhero because she just told Courtney that. (laughs) Love that part. That was my moment of the week.
0: That was better than when the mom came in with an actual crossbow to be a hero and was like, <laughs> oh, that, that was cool right. for my daughter. Really
1: cool. Amy Smart had a bunch of fucking great moments in this. Uh more than the crossbow was when Jordan was like, "Well, you and I have could have been reignited" and her being like, "What are you? We've never had anything." Like he made up this whole romantic relationship.
0: It was great. There was the time where um Mike was going in to meet his biological mother but called her Jennifer or whatever, and called Amy Smart Mom. Oh,
1: that, yes, that was a good moment of the week.
0: Also, Pat and Courtney <laughs> on the basement stairs. So many good <laughs> so moments. So many good moments, so many good episodes, so many good characters. Star Girl, we will miss you. We're going to take a break and get to the poll list, where we talk about the rest of the shows that came out this week. But before we do, Caitlin and Mike, you guys co-authored a website. Where Caitlin came up with the first word of the .dot com and Mike, you came up with the second word. So, Caitlin, what's the first word?
2: The first word is Dino Nuggets.
0: And Mike, the second word is Facts. Dino Nuggets Guys, please tell me about this website you created. There's a lot of hullabaloo and conspiracy theories. See conspira- conspiracy theories about
1: Dino Nuggets out there, and this website we created to clear that up.
2: We do a great job at um, listing where you can get your best dino nuggies um, and also what dino nuggies are good, like what has good meat in it and what has straight up horse meat in it.
0: And that's bad meat.
2: Well, if you want
1: horse meat, it's not bad meat. I've had a horse burger and it's pretty good, but we do believe you should know what meat you're getting.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, there's so many dinosaur experts out there. Do you guys believe yourselves to be the first dinosaur Nugget experts?
1: Yeah, we're paleo nuggetists,
2: <laughs>
0: and we're starting a
1: school for it. Expect books yeah. to hit the shelves soon.
0: Uh, a lot of the websites interactive, where you can click on things and see other stuff. So, explain to me a lot of that.
2: There is a really cool interactive area where we have a um, a GIF of a chicken, mm-hmm. and when you hover over that chicken, it actually lifts up its wing, so you can see where the nugget comes from each one of the chickens. Um, And then if it's not like a chicken nugget, for example, if it was a uh, horse nugget, you can see where that nugget comes from on that chick, on that horse.
0: That's so interesting. Ah, That's the nugget area. That's so interesting because uh, I guess the modern theory is that dinosaurs became birds and chickens became nuggets. So it really Mm -hmm. does all fold into each other.
1: Yeah. There's another game that's find the dino and there's like an iguana, a crocodile, a chicken, and a hippopotamus. The dinosaur on there is the chicken, folks. Yep. So now you're gonna get I'll all those so. points.
0: Yep. Uh, despite being chickens, dinosaurs were afraid of being called yellow. That's usually how they would get into fights. Yes. So is that weird? Is that a? Shouldn't they have been more cool with being called chicken?
1: Well, they didn't want to be called yellow.
0: Oh, okay. The chicken part's fine.
1: The chicken. They're like, yes, I am a chicken, but uh, my feathers are white, and I'm well, not guys, afraid of anything.
0: This sounds like it will win Best Website at the Webby Awards this coming Mm -hmm. up year. We hope so. Um, But before you enter it, I would like you to contact my friends at cybersprout.net. Is that weird? Is that awkward to say? No. What do they do? Uh, Well, Mike, their design experts are well-versed in digital strategy and elegant design, combining the two masterfully working hand-in-hand with you. Cybersprout focuses on collaboration and goal-driven design to help make sure your website reaches the right customers and your guys' customers, I want them to be able to get to this website.
1: Yeah, I, they sound like a good. I, I mean, we, I'm impressed you rattled that off at the top of your nog. So let's do it. They seem good.
0: That's f- from my dino nogate. Uh, that's cybersprout.net. <laughs> Please join. Please use coupon code one four five six two. When we come back, the rest of the shows. The coupon code shouldn't be your social security number. <laughs> Some people had the audacity to release shows in this week of the Stargirl series finale, including Doom Patrol.
1: On the return of Doom Patrol, Rita's in charge of the team. Dr. H is in control of Jane. Cyborg is just a human now, and they all get sucked into the far future where only Cyborg is alive, and the world has been decimated by zombie butts.
2: <laughs>
1: Taste buds, I ask you this. Which... Our timeline Doom Patrol talking to a ghost of their future Doom Patrol interaction. Did you enjoy the most and why?
0: Oh, wow. Um, probably, and this might be because of the Fraser assance that we're in. Uh-huh. Uh, which is about to culminate in him getting a Best Actor Oscar. Uh, probably that one because not only are they just down. It's it's cool to watch two Brendan Frasers hang out with each other. Uh-huh. But also the ominous note of, you never get to touch your grandchild. That's yeah. the Doom Patrol I know and love, where it's all fucking jokes about zombie butts and people shooting lasers out of their dicks. And then also that.
1: That scene starts with living robot man saying, so you get to fuck with the sex ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> and then other robot man being like, it's mostly watching and commenting. Uh, and then they, he just keeps being like, you don't want to know, you don't want to know. To how did he die? Do I get to meet the kid? Uh, Also, the amount of times they call each other bro,
0: angrily. (laughs) They didn't kiss, though, which means that Robot Man and his ghost are unlike me and my ghost. You would kiss your ghost. Of course I would. It's crazy sex time. Mike, what was your favorite interaction?
1: If, If I cannot say that one, I do think the most horrifying one is Rita watching her ghost just do a scene from a movie they did like 60 years ago and just brush her hair and not respond to anything.
0: Rita has such a hard life, and she is her harshest critic, and it's just awful to watch.
1: Yes. and Because the other ones, the Jane one wasn't super emotional. The more emotional Jane stuff happened in the underground than Mm -hmm. the ghosts versus each other. Uh, Larry's talking to... Ghost Larry won't really talk except that, say, alien thing doesn't live in him anymore. Then alien thing adult is flying around and there's baby aliens. Like, it wasn't very emotional. It was more like, what?
0: I guess that's a mystery for future in the season. This is a show, just like Titans and Pennyworth, that was living in complete obscurity and now it's on HBO Max. The way that they started it is with Crazy Jane, who is now Dr. H. Dr. H, I believe, yeah. A very calm psychiatrist. Who does an incredible job of a restart, of saying, here is all of these characters.
1: It really was pilot 2.0. And in a lot of good ways, she said, here's the team. And then, like, that intermixed with their fight against Codpiece was, like, and now you get the tone of the show.
0: So, yeah, that's what I'm going to ask, is that you get both Doom Patrols, but is this... Did you think at all, when you were watching Codpiece fire bullets from his dick... That, oh, no, this is going to be so many people's first episode of Doom Patrol, and this is what they're seeing.
1: I can't remember what the actual pilot was like, but no. like You're either bought in and like this, or you're not ever going to like Doom Patrol anyway. I guess that's a good... And by the time that they're
0: putting squids on their head to go back in time...
1: Such a funny, weird visual bit is you have to put a jellyfish on top of your head or else you forget everything. And Dr. Rouge purposely does it. And she just has a note that says, Listen to the shrill redhead because she doesn't want to remember how she betrayed a bunch of people before. Also, we now finally get the code names, and they're so dumb. They don't do the Star Lord, what a dumb name, but it's because Rita assigned them names, and Cliff refuses to be Robot Man. He's Cliffosaurus in his head. <laughs> <laughs> and that Dr. Rouge is Dogshit McGivens. And she's like, All right, that's my name, I guess.
0: Uh, let's go to moments of the week. I mean, first of all, before we get there, are you stoked that it's back?
1: I am. Uh,
0: because this is all we have to carry us through the next, like, two months. So So it doesn't (laughs)
1: matter if I'm stoked or not. (laughs) This is
0: what we got. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, Hopefully you don't start here. Hopefully you start at episode one because you're missing a lot of Doom Patrol. But the good thing about season four, is that what we're Mm -hmm. on, is that the whole, fuck you, we're never going to be a team. That's for right. stupid idiots. That's done with. We're a team now. We're superheroes on the show. Uh my moment of the week is dog shit McGivens. <laughs> what, what do you got?
1: <laughs> uh yeah, that was uh that, that made me laugh a lot. Also, it's uh Cliff getting the sensation of touching one finger and this is the why Doom Patrol is such a good show is him wrapping his hand in a oven mitt, saying they can't test the sensation because the first thing he gets to touch in forty years is his grandson. Which is very sweet, and he's an idiot because the doctor's like, but you know you're touching the oven
0: mitt right now. The oven mitt does not count. (laughs) And it doesn't count. Everyone here notices that the oven mitt does not count. Uh, My other moment of the week is how there's a trap set out for them to catch humans, and (laughs) And it's it's a bowl of Vienna sausages and Skittles. (laughs) Mixed together. (laughs) Which Larry says is gross on both accounts, and I have to disagree. Separate accounts, neither one of those are gross. Those are both delicious treats.
1: Yeah, I'm into them.
0: I think together... The best? Unless you were to fill that bowl with milk and eat it like cereal. And then it's back to being good. That's
1: just a nutritious breakfast.
0: Do Patrol is on Thursdays on HBO Max. And please watch it because that's what we have going for us. Guys, this week (laughs) also marked the end of this season of Warrior Nun.
2: On the season finale of Warrior Nun, the nuns infiltrate Adriel's church. Michael and Ava have agreed to sacrifice themselves to end Adriel, but that becomes unnecessary when Adriel rips out Michael's heart. Meanwhile, Rhea is being pulled by Tarask's out of the Ark so Adriel can ascend. The battle between the two and Lilith and Beatrice at their sides is epically mind-melting. In the end, after taking a fatal blow, Ava calls those same Tarrasks uh, out to rip adriel to shreds and save the world taste buds i ask you this what do we think of the ava and beatrice kiss
1: okay so emotional and i think they slow burned it like they it's just clear the actresses had chemistry in the first season and Mm -hmm. then they slow burned in this season and i'm glad that it wasn't like oh should we even date when the world's about to end it was just like but other characters would notice beatrice's looks and be Mm -hmm. like hey it's probably hard because you're a nun huh to, like, and she's like, I don't know, I, I felt like it was handled really well, and by the time they kissed, it was like, hell yeah, and there, there's just a lot of moments between them leading up to that, both between them actually on screen together, and then them talking about the other one to other people throughout the episode.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think they did it really, really good, and it was, like, heartbreaking, because you knew what Ava was going to do, like, she was going to go blow herself up with Michael, and this yes. is, like, first and last kind of thing, so devastating but it, it really worked for me um if, can
1: i make one correction even though i don't want to be that guy it's uh the things that adriel calls out are the demon skeleton things the tarasks are the, like the big bulky things
2: oh so they're different
1: they are different yeah that's why so the Tarasks yeah, are on rea's side and the the demon skeletons are on Adriel's i was side. confused
2: why they would just like choose one side and then flip to yeah, the other whatever like, well, whoever wants okay. to tell us what to do well, thank you, because I didn't know that. Now I do. Um, but yeah, those big those big guys, I apparently love them now. Whose side are they on? Don't really know. I guess Raya's side. But um, at the beginning, we have Ava. She ha- puts the cor- crown of thorns on. And this is where all the nuns see Hot Priest again. Mm-hmm. And, are- he's and he's switched sides. He's
1: switched sides again. Yeah. He's repentant. Now sees and so yeah, Ava has the crown on because it's how she's communing with
2: Rhea. Yeah,
1: and she, this uh, is her first
2: time communing with Raya and seeing Rhea, And then now she's like, "Hell yeah, Rhea, You showed me why. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it."
1: She came back different. I thought that oh, the actress yeah. handled that so well. Like she was less goofy, less like, even though we're all gonna die isn't a joke, and was just like very like righteous fury in a mm-hmm. way that I didn't know she could handle. Uh, and, yeah. and bought it like there was a zeal in
2: her, and I. F- it was like it's interesting because we don't know what happened between her and Rhea. and especially with how this episode ends. It's like did was there something that Rhea was able to do in order to prevent Ava from actually dying? Um, but uh, yeah, Ava's like I'm okay with dying. Michael basically says goodbye to his mom. Like yeah, I gotta I gotta blows myself up, mom's. Um, I ah. Uh, When they actually get into Adriel's church and the way that they, like, assassin their way through people, Mm -hmm. so fucking cool.
1: Yeah, the first battle is so dope. It's coordinated. They're showing teamwork for the first time. Like, they're, like, you like doing the hand motions, you do that, and just, Mm -hmm. like, all we're remembering. Oh, yeah, warrior nuns are badass in general and can take down mofos.
2: We see Dora really fuck shit up, too. It's just... Yeah, it's really good. And then they're going through levels, so they have to make it through the parking garage, Then they mm-hmm. go to that big, the big, uh, what is it called? Cross. They have to blow up the big yeah, cross. Yeah,
1: yeah, Te- Team A is going through the, blowing up the cross is half-hidden while fighting, and the people are, like, hypnotized so they don't notice what's going on around with all the murder. Uh, yeah, just the the, the the level of choreography in the actual fight scenes and then switching between Team A, Team B, team C like as they continue to have to split up and have different missions that's just what you want out of a show mm-hmm. you just you want heists you want fights and this did it very well
2: the okay then there is obviously the adriel uh adriel and ava which ava had a secret plan with michael the whole time they had a whole plan planned out with all, all the rest of the nuns but she went off book because she knew she was convinced that blowing herself and michael up would kill mm-hmm. adriel in this plane but wild how wild the, how that happened
1: the annoying thing then because they planned they all for all that and they, they meticulously planned they showed us that but they yeah. no at no point did they mention Lilith so right before they did the blow up first time Lilith just bamps in rips out Miguel's heart he falls down and they go now where's your bomb bitch
2: yeah
1: uh, how do you not plan for the person who can bamp in and out and who's betrayed you
2: For reals, like she knew, she knew Lilith is going to be there. She knew Lilith is on her side. Yeah, she
1: beat her ass so hard in the last episode.
2: It was pretty fucking cool. Um, But then Ava's like, "Well, I'm going to still try to blow him up because he is still like a bomb. He's just not alive anymore." When she goes and touches him, and then he blows up, and Adriel gets blown to smithereens, I'm like, "He can't. This can't be the end of him." Did you think that that was it?
1: Uh, I yeah, I guess I was like, "Oh, and Lilith is going to be." the big bad then yeah. after him. But he just, he was like, yeah, I can't die here. I don't know how many times, like I've straight up told you I can't die here. Yeah. Uh And that's when they, they had a, they all, everybody wants to open the arc for different reasons. Ava wants to get him in there. He wants to pull Rhea out. And cause it's, everybody can die or not die in certain lands. So it was just a game of fucking checkers of who can die in what square. Yeah. I, I think the, in general, great season, great final episode. It, the The way they handled Lilith, not just that they didn't plan for her, but that Lilith, after Adriel died, she was like, oh, yeah, we should save Ava now, right? Like
2: That was wild. Because, yeah, Ava took, like, a big old stab. And so she was going to die, ends up killing Adriel or whatever. And then, but she's, like, dying. So her mm-hmm. Beatrice and Lilith carry her into the Ark, which we don't really know what the Ark does, except it swallowed Michael that one time.
1: Yeah, it's just, the Ark is just a portal to Rhea's realm. Yeah. And so they don't have... don't
2: know what can happen in Rhea's realm. Like, can they save well, Ava?
1: Yeah, Rhea's god. Uh, and yeah. she saved Michael from his, like, debilitating disease. So, Wasn't I his debilitating
2: can... disease, wasn't that just divinium?
1: I don't really remember if the divinium was the disease or if that was the cure that they were trying at first.
2: Cause I thought it was all like divinium and it was in him and it was causing him to have headaches and like all these kinds of things, which was Adriel talking to him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just didn't really understand all that part and why they th- decided to throw her body in there. But I guess, yeah, Rhea is like, save, save your home girl. Um, Though
1: I do. I, I think the next season will be interesting because uh, I don't think Adriel was lying when he's like, Rhea's worse. I think yeah. his solve was wrong. He was a bad fascist, but I think there's worse God is never good in these shows. Like yeah. she's not gonna be uh she yeah, she's gonna be awful.
2: Also, like he was under Rhea, so he was probably doing what Rhea wanted him to do. Like no. whether whether it be like not right now, but like how his mind is, I feel like he he was under I don't know, I don't like Rhea either. I don't know what she is or, or what her plan is, but I have a bad feeling about her too. So Just d- is
0: fine, but unobtainium is that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's
1: all goofy. It's all dumb. What had eternium? I think. Oh, I watched Black Adam, and that their metal was eternium.
0: See, that's stupid too. It's what all think, dumb. What do you think of Black Adam? We never reviewed it on the show. Let's do it. Real oh, quick. we didn't
1: review it on
2: the show. It was. Uh, it was fine.
0: Caitlin, what's your moment of the week from the <laughs> Warrior Nun season finale?
2: Uh, my moment of the week was when Ava uses Michael's body. As a basically a grenade that she jumps on and thinks she kills Adriel, but in the end it didn't. I screamed. I was like, No, my God, because I thought she was dead. He was already dead. And then she was still alive, but Adriel was still alive. I was like, Ow, wild, so crazy.
1: Mike, what do you got? Uh, Beatrice walks up to. A gr- group of priest assassins and throws off the cloak she was hiding, and one of them puts on like her armor, her little like mesh helmet, and says, You all stand between me and Ava. I'll show mercy to whoever walks away. Stay and you'll never walk again. Oh. And then goes fucking off. And it's a dope way to start a fight with that. And then she delivered. Oh. And they did not walk again because none of them.
2: All of them died. All of them yeah. died. And then can we talk about the one girl who wasn't like a warrior nun? Yasmin
1: but- stabbed the, the head cardinal oh. through the eye. Yeah,
2: you No, know, she stabbed him somewhere in his neck where she was, his like, neck. where he was still alive. And he, she's like, oh, just one stab. And she's like, no, that's your like whatever artery. Your femoral artery. Your yeah. femoral artery. You're going to be dead in like a couple minutes. And he was. And that was cool.
0: This very badass sounding show is on Netflix. There's now three seasons on there, right? Three? Two two seasons on there, so uh, catch up if you should, and you should. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the top ten shows of the year. Ten shows we've talked about this year have not been mentioned so far. Your number ten is Peacemaker. That's it. Uh, That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, we were all being polite and waiting. Yeah, Peacemaker was so fucking funny. Kind of unexpected. Not unexpected because Suicide Squad was so great, but like, can they do a TV show about a character nobody really cares about and was Mm -hmm. kind of an asshole? And yeah, perfect cast, gelled so well together. Uh, A story that knows its limits and its goal. Like, it never was like, oh, this thing looks like shit because we wish we had a bigger budget, like... I think why why I'm excited about James Gunn controlling the DC universe because I feel like he knows every story deserves like he knows how to framework everything. And he, like I'm I'm not making sense. Do you get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. like uh, we're gonna talk about this later in the interview that we do. But um, yeah, the 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 ham-fisted slam together of all of the DC like Superman, he's alive now. He's dead now. He's alive, and we don't have time for story. And now we have eight or ten or whatever it was episodes of Peacemaker to fully develop an entire ensemble was unexpected. And yes. definitely this is a DCEU show that stars John Cena. Yeah. is in the top 10 that shouldn't have happened. And I totally did.
2: It worked Caitlin, really
0: well. <laughs> your number nine show of the year is Sandman.
2: Yes. I feel like it should have been higher. Um, this show was so unexpectedly cool. First episode, I could not understand what this dude was saying, and then it blew <laughs> me away. Um, just like he can blow some sand on me. Um no, good. this show was fucking cool. This like everything that they did, it was horrifying at some times. It was scary, but it was delightful every time. Gave me twilight vibes, so I love it.
0: Okay. <laughs> right. I should've this, I should have interrupted. Was good. Before that last sentence, Mike, you think the show is good?
1: Yeah, well, oh. versus Twilight. Oh, I see. Is what I said. Um, oh, no, 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 yeah, the show. So, like, it perfectly captured the tone, like the somber, morbid tone of the comics in a way that I did not think anybody would be able to do. Too faithful
0: to its source material.
1: Uh, probably at times it felt like that. Like the, you could have expanded some things, told a different kind of story. But I don't, I don't know that the anthology style worked here because it. It, it knew there was like an undercurrent pushing the three things that you had to get because, you know, because they said it so many fucking times in that first episode. Uh, There's an undercurrent of momentum, but they took the time to be like, and now we're this episode's about this. Uh, I, I thought it was a good balance. Mike, your number eight show of the year is She-Hulk. This is
0: not. I keep going back and forth about how I feel about this show. Honestly, it's whoever I'm talking to. If you're talking about how great it was, I'm like, well, yes. Know. If you're talking shit on it, I'm like, uh, excuse you want, me. No matter what,
1: everybody should calm down. Is that yes, what you're Exactly. At?
0: It's, uh, like, like we've said, is I think the
1: closer it was to a sitcom, the more successful it was. And the more it was to Marvel stuff, the less successful it was. I'm excited to see season two and want them to go
0: full ham into it of the wackiness do you expect more from season two? Do you think it'll be a better, calmer, more secure show?
2: Uh, I mean, calmness? No, it's the fucking She-Hulk. <laughs> um, but better as in, like, more... Because, like, the first season, we it, it was definitely... It felt like it was put together weirdly. Like, you, like, something was missing where they shoved something to the side or whatever. It seemed like something happened in the writing room or production post-production i hope that they've figured out their tone which i think they have so that season two will be number one show i could see that
0: i i think it could win number one next year oh yeah, if, yeah. yeah. i mean it's probably not gonna come out next year but the year that it comes out i think it has what it takes to win number one mm-hmm. and for me i think that eight is a little high for season one and i think yes. that one is not too low for season two caitlin your number seven of the show, seven show of the year is lucifer
2: lucifer wow and this is like what the eighth season ninth season of lucifer
0: it's also been eight or nine years since it was on so it's kind of hard to remember but yeah. it's final season wedged in here at number seven
2: lucifer has always been like a, a really good show it was so good that it got picked up by netflix and i don't know mike do you remember this final season I-
1: yeah, the thing that stands out is like they're at the L.A. colos—I want to say the Coliseum—and it's like the Angels are about to fight, and like yeah. you could just see the budget, and so they didn't fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I feel like Legends Tomorrow Syndrome. This was the last season. Maybe it's a little higher than it should be because mm-hmm. it this season did not hit anywhere near the heights of Crime Solving Devil. Don't think about it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a little bit high for Lucifer.
0: Well, Caitlin, do you think this one is? too high it's number 6
2: and it's heartstopper. Heartstopper? No. Heartstopper was great. Heartstopper is one that I literally think I can go back and watch that like I want to go back and watch that over and over like and I will and I actually will do it. Because there's no it,
0: superheroes though. Is that weird? No, kind of bullshit. It, there's,
2: there's no superheroes but it had so much emotion and yes it's another high school show but it had so much more than some of just the adult shows that we have. It dealt with so many big, so many big topics, and it was cute, and I loved it.
0: Honestly, I thought it was going to be higher. than yeah. six, really? I, th- I thought this was a top five show.
2: It's incredible.
1: But but do you remember the shitty friend? Come on, he
2: waited yeah. down. Literally one shitty friend. It's like that's your mic. You always got to hey, have a How?
0: <laughs> wow, Caitlin, <Yeah. laughs> just stolen right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, we are in the top five, and what that means is that werewolf by Night is number five. a fifty minute Marvel special is number five of the year.
1: It should be maybe even higher uh this is my number one Marvel phase four. The more I've thought about everything that's come out in the last two years uh blew me away so unique, so specific, and again, of the telling the st- having your story fit the shape of what you have. And having the people behind the camera know exactly what to do with that. Uh, it, it, it's just weird. And not even just in, in Marvel stuff. I don't know what other modern thing feels like this. It was awesome.
0: Gail Garcia Bernal rocking the best of Marvel this year. Uh, Diego Luna rocking the best of Star Wars this year. Just our two boys from that. Our, trip E2 to Mama and boys crushing it. I'm so proud of both of them. Caitlin, your number four show. Um, a little bit of controversy here, because this show has not been on for a long, long time. It's Loki. Do you remember the show Loki?
2: I remember the show Loki. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of Lokis in that show, and <laughs> that is what happened. But uh, Silby, I believe her name was, is the lady Loki. Uh, she was incredible, and I believe this season did so well because of the introduction of her and and what the... You know what this show did for the rest of the MCU? How we totally broke the timeline so that we could have the Spoodermans, everything else that's going on. It yeah, was a when lot we of look fun. back,
0: when we look back, it's going to be like the most important thing that's happened since Endgame, right? It's yeah. the final episode of this uh, show. Mike, do you think that Lady Loki was more important than Alligator Loki? <laughs> uh,
1: maybe just a little more important than Alligator Loki, but I don't know if she was more important than Mobius and his Morbius? love of jet skis.
0: <laughs> do you mean Morbius? Do I mean Morbius? Morbius, the vampire, yeah, Jared Leto.
1: <laughs> no, not Morbius. Mobius. Morbius oh, is Jared Leto, Morpheus is Sandman. It's very confusing.
0: No, but I want to talk about Morbius. Dude, that movie sucked. That was not a good movie. Um, <laughs> let's go back to Caitlin. We have three shows left. Okay. Do you have them in your head? No. Can you think of them, Mike? Do you know? Can you name them? Don't do it, but can you? Think Definitely
1: name one of them.
0: Okay. I can name Caitlin. one of them too. Caitlin, your number three show is Harley Quinn.
2: Harley Quinn! I love this show. This show always surprises me how good it is because, I mean, the voice acting's great, but the storyline is always different, always exciting, very fun, and then these characters, you get to see how they grow. And it's a cartoon, yeah, but it's it's so much more adult than even our adult shows. I love it.
1: Yeah, the amount of pathos Light they inject action. into this adult. goofball. R rated cartoon was always impressive.
0: Your number two show is Stargirl. Do we need to speak more on that?
1: I think we did it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we all three of us gave eulogies. Yes. Um, leaving one show, the winner of more than half of the shishis. Next week, we're going to go over all of the shishis. Oh, winners. shit. Did you forget I about this what show?
1: Was. I just realized what
2: it was. Yeah. I can't remember still.
0: There's only one show that this could be your number one show of the year the other one besides star girl challenging legends of tomorrow for the greatest show in uh <laughs> superhero show history. It's a resident alien guys. Uh-huh. Come
2: on. We are, of course.
1: We are a bunch of fucking weirdos, <laughs> man. They, it does feel like they're writing
0: specifically for us. I mean, if, if Cassie was here, she and I would sing the entire musical about, uh, with the children that are all the miners. Reenacting. Yeah. The minors, <laughs> the minor minors, uh, getting buried by rocks. Um, yeah, I mean, what else can we say about the show that we haven't been saying when we give it a shushie every week for the last three yeah. months? It is That that should have been a fucking sign that it'd be the number one show. Probably, yeah. Uh, so that is your top ten. Number ten is Peacemaker. Number nine is Sandman. Number eight is She-Hulk. Seven is Lucifer. Six is Heartstopper. Five is Werewolf by Night. Four is Loki. Three is Harley Quinn. Two is Stargirl. Number one is Resident Alien. Congratulations to all ten plus the next 18, plus the bottom 18, all 46 shows we watched this year.
1: Not all heroes wear capes, but all heroes do talk in front of mics talking about those heroes that wear capes. (laughs) That's the the three of us? Yeah, that's our new tagline as well.
0: Um, I would love to tell you guys that I'm about to sit down to an interview with the three of us because we deserve it just to finally talk amongst ourselves about our lives. But instead, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to sit down with Paul from Waiting for Doom. And the two of us are going to talk about his hopes and dreams for the next season of Doom Patrol, the history of Doom Patrol, and what his podcast is all about. I am here today with Paul from the podcast Waiting for Doom. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Absolutely. Pleasure, Brian.
0: So uh, I want to start at the very beginning. Um, tell me how you and Mike started the show.
3: Well, Mike was doing another podcast and um, it it was at that time, it was around 2014, podcasting was just starting to pick up and you could find all these niche ones and, you know, it it was really cool. And Mike was doing one and uh, I think he had a host who uh, wasn't as keen as he was and I said to him, hey, if you ever want to talk about Doom Patrol because we had discovered uh, um, our mutual affection for the Doom Patrol. And, yeah, um, then our schedules became free and we started it. Uh, and the weird thing was we did it when there was no Doom Patrol content uh, actually coming out. So we called it Waiting for Doom to uh, sort of prompt it or to say where we were. And, um, yeah, a lot has happened since then, a tremendous amount, <laughs> um, of which I would love to take credit for, but I don't think we can. Okay. But, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> there's You're been the three... Major. Three runs of the comic, there's been a TV show that's now about to start its fourth season, as you may know, yes. from what you do.
0: Yeah, that's that's sort of the Doom Patrol that I know. Um, we're not, I wouldn't brand us as uh, Marvel Zombies here on my podcast, but anybody who listens would brand us that. So I didn't know that much about Doom Patrol. I knew about, is it Grant Morrison? yes okay I forgot to do my research um had this kind of heralded run of weirdos right um yeah but that's sort of not a big DC reader that's all I sort of knew until the show came out what was it about the Doom Patrol from the beginning from when you were a kid or when you first started reading reading them that you were like these are my people <laughs>
3: Um it, it brought a lot of sophistication. Now, I should um, give you a bit of context to The Doom Patrol. It's been around since 1963. It was a Silver Age comic. Um, it had a lot of visual weirdness, um, which is very strange because it was combined with beautiful art by a guy called Bruno Premiani, um, who – it was a fantastic renderer of anything you could imagine, like you can draw horses and cars and buildings and robots and giant robots and aliens and uh, everything in between. Uh, so his art is, I mean, it's probably some of the best stuff you'll see in the Silver Age, and most of the comic artists today who know anything about art would kill for a piece of his art, and some of them possibly have. Uh, I know some who have missed out on killing for his art. But um, So... It has this really long pedigree. So it went from 63 to about 69. Um, I was born in 68, just to put me in that picture. So I wasn't an avid reader of it back in the day. Sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, I got into comics sort of uh, mid-80s and around 87, they had a, a reintroduction of the team, which I picked up and then it wasn't really selling very well, uh, so they brought in Scottish writer Grant Morrison, who was part of the the British invasion so After the d c comics had sort of had lots of success with people like Alan Moore, they went looking for well, who else is there on the other side of the world who we can steal and put to work and uh, Grant Morrison was one of the first people they found um, and He brought a real different sensibility. Now, one of the things that he freely admits about the original comic was it scared the shit out of him uh, because it was so weird and everything was, you know, just bizarre. Um, And what he did was really uh, go, okay, what's weird today and bring all his influences into it, which was, you know, um, alternate personalities. And the first thing he did was create Crazy Jane. And he sort of turned it into the trauma comic that uh, the DC – the the show has really embraced. So, you know, these are people who are really fucked up and unhappy and uh, working through that together. Um, he also turned the chief into, uh, an evil man, uh, officially. So, you know, if you look at the chief before that, he's a stern, benevolent person who, um, you know, sort of guides the teams fairly patronizing. Um, occasionally he will sew an extra head onto a dog, um, as part of an experiment or, um, beat the skull in of a robot that who saved his life. So he, he did have a little bit of a dark side, but. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of, um, Grant Morrison pushed that to the fore. And with artist Richard Case, uh, it looked like nothing else. And this sort of was, at the time, DC was making a, a lot of inroads into uh, more adult comics. And this sort of created the Vertigo line. I, eventually, they just sort of relabeled it all as Vertigo. And um, yeah, and had a run that everyone envies to this day and can't replicate for some reason. So, yeah, so that's where the comic came from. So, across that divide, you had the 60s, then you had this sort of, um, let's try and copy the X-Men a little bit in the 70s, and then you had, let's try and copy the New Mutants" in the 80s, and then you had, let's make it weird as hell, um, and then weirder again with uh, Rachel Pollock's run, which brought in a lot of gender issues, which hadn't been in comics particularly. Um, so, Rachel Pollock, uh, she took over from Grant Morrison, put in the first trans character in comics. Um, who is a superhero called Coagula? Who um, I'm always expecting to see sometimes in the series, in the TV show. Um, but one character she did create is definitely showing up this time, and that is Codpiece, uh, the man with um, a modular thing around his penis that can do different things. So,
0: <laughs> thank God that uh, that character is showing up. Uh, you said you said sort of copy. X-Men and that was happening a lot where the Teen Titans in the 80s and the X-Men were back and forth over like who's inspiring who who's leading who Uh, but as much as copy do you also see like make fun of and sort of cross lines that Marvel would never let them do with the X-Men I mean even just with Chief is it feels like they said no Professor X is a fucking asshole let's actually show how (laughs) assholey he is right so it's yeah it's Copying, it's trying to do similar things, but it's also like, let's cross lines and let's ask, actually ask some questions of that people aren't allowed to do with Marvel. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. I mean, The, the one thing I think that was a real reaction to Marvel was a, there was a special by Grant Morrison called um, Doom Force, um, which was really a, a massive piss take on all the image comics stuff and Marvel. So it had, um, you know, it said, we've got all these hot artists like Rob Liefeld who, you know, are very popular and can't draw anatomy to save their lives. And then they just leant into it as far as they could. So they had a a character who um, had, like, a Swiss army knife with a corkscrew and bottle opener and all this sort of stuff coming out of his knuckles, exactly like Wolverine. Um, And no matter what he did, his logo was always facing front and centre and, you know, the pose was uh, more important than was the pose possible physically so that, you know, he'd be things like have his arms looped under his knees and then have his claws up in front of his chest and you know, <laughs> things like that. And see, and- as
0: a, as a, when I, I was a kid in that era and that's amazing because I'm reading comic books and I'm like, there's, there's nothing silly about this. This is perfectly dope and awesome. And then somebody like Grant Morrison comes along and teaches me like, Oh no, this is stupid as shit. Everything I've been reading is so <laughs> stupid.
3: Yeah, it's possible there was a bit of jealousy there too because, you know, all these people were, were doing their, you know, their attempt at their art and watching, you know, people they thought were less talented, you know, bring in the big bucks. So, yeah, I mean, it is a, it does, in retrospect, it is a little mean-spirited and petty. Um, but a lot of time they just did their own thing. Like there there was one issue where it's a just an absolute tribute to the Fantastic Four under Jack Kirby. Um, so they basically told a story with all the, you know, the cosmic craziness of um, Jack Kirby. And then they did things like they found a, a cover by Steve um, Ditko that had never been used, and they built a story around it and put it, used the cover. Um, so, yeah, there was just a lot of experimentation. And it wasn't really – I mean, comics, I guess, uh, your X-Men, your Superman and all that, they're, they're fed by people who love comics, um, so the influences are, you know, I really like Spider-Man, so I'm going to write Spider-Man, whereas Grant Morrison was like, I really like philosophy and art and um, radical culture and protest and I'm going to bring all that in instead. And a lot of the British writers did that, which is why, you know, Neil Gaiman and Warren Ellis and people like that became such successes because they were bringing something that wasn't traditionally there. Um, And, you know, that leads into things like Hellblazer and John Constantine and Swamp Thing. You know, it's not just recycling the same stuff, copy of a copy. It's it's all fresh and new and crazy.
0: And with JLA and New X-Men, Morrison did have his hits, right? Like he was able to sort of, not totally, but a little bit sand down his crazy brain in order to make mainstream comic books that were great, but still sold a bunch of copies.
3: Yeah, he was very good at taking the Silver Age sort of anything goes imagination and then building a big story around it and making it feel like there were actual stakes. So, I mean, he was very good at crafting a story when he chose to. And, you know, he was – I think he took a lot of pride in going, okay, I'm going to do the JLA. I want the biggest DC heroes. I want the top seven. I don't want all these nobodies who have been in the team for quite a while and I want to tell really big stories. I want this to be uh, around this time with the, uh, comics like the authority the term wide screen comics right. came in, you know, which is like this is going to be bigger than you can imagine and that, you know, there's all these spin-offs of that too like um, the Ultimates which sort of indirectly spawned the Marvel universe out of cinema <laughs> in some ways. By yeah, so um, there's a lot of creativity that really blew the doors off and Doom Patrol was just it was cool and a little bit uh, weird and not for everybody. And um, But DC have had a perennial seller in it. And, you know, as you can see, it's led to this ad- adaptation and the source material. So what they've done is gone, okay, let's basically take the, the reality of this trauma and just turn it up a bit further than the comics ever did and say, what would it be like to be a re- radioactive man who's gay and unhappy and what's it like to be a man in a robot body who can't feel anything, uh, wants to connect with his family. What if you were a lady who could grow really big, but um, you can't control it very well? Um, So, yeah, they've just taken all that stuff and gone, what's the trauma of this? What's the story? And things like Crazy Jane, that stuff is all out of the comics, the the, um, parental abuse, the uh, character's, you know, creation to escape that and, you know, the coping mechanism of having a different person for every situation.
0: Well, let's go back four years or so to when that first episode dropped on, I believe it was the DC app. The There was a yep. DC specific app that uh, wanted to try its hand with TV shows as well as give you comic books and Doom Patrol premiered. Um, were you guys nervous? And how did it just from the start? How did you guys feel about it? Did it give you what you needed?
3: Oh yeah, we were nervous as fuck. So very concerned about what it was going to do and say and depict these things because um, you know you can love something and then something comes along and if you know fifty times as many people see yeah. that new version, that becomes the version.
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, so it's really the the gap between how many issues of a comic book are sold and how many people watch a TV show is immense. And so, like, if this show yeah, fucks up yeah. the fucks up the the premise or the characters that's what everyone will remember forever
3: yeah which is why we haven't had a successful jonah hex uh thing since the movie because uh you know there was a really good jonah hex comic movie came out killed everything so you know no more jonah hex um yeah so we were very nervous but uh when it came along i think we were like whoa whoa this is very sophisticated and this is taking itself fairly seriously and it's not pulling any punches, um, and it's bringing the whole gender equation, which wasn't really part of it, um, you know, gender normative and expectations and mental health, uh, and, you know, uh Larry being gay, that's new. So, I mean, it did all this stuff that was, you know, it was heady stuff, and it took itself, you know, pretty seriously. I mean, there was lots of the goofy stuff in there, but, I mean, the core of it was these are a bunch of people who have been through horrific stuff and, you know, how are they coping and how do they become a family? And, you know, as you saw, it took till season three, really, for them to become a family (laughs) and stop being used and using each other and running away and escaping and, you know, giving up. And, you know, there's a lot of coming to terms. And the weirdness has sort of been the, you know, the source that's put put on top of all that. So, uh, you know, sometimes I think it's, you know, they take a character that I really like and they just sort of use them really quickly and, uh, you know, it's like, oh, that's a pity. Like Beard Hunter in the show is a disappointment to me because uh, in the comic, Beard Hunter is an absolute hardcore uh, parody of the Punisher, Uh except instead of wanting to kill criminals, he wants to take beards away. Sure. So, you know, you and I would both be in deep shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, it even had the – his comic is written in like a war journal style about his lonely war against facial hair, Um, whereas this, he just became an agent of uh, Mr. Nobody. Um, But, yeah, it was just amazing. that We're seeing Mr. Nobody on screen. Where And they put in their own spin on it. Like there's new stuff like um, a donkey and a cockroach and uh, stuff like that. But it was done really well and really well written, and I think that was uh... the other thing was it was quite heavy. Like you know, I showed it to my wife when it started, and she's like, "No, I'm out, not watching this."
0: (laughs) That's sort of too depressing. That's that's what I wanted to ask you: is like one of um, the foremost Doom Patrol experts in the world. um, Do you find the show hard to recommend because it's not only is it heavy? but like I'm, I'm shocked that Larry is not getting the comics just because his story in the in the show is so gut wrenching and like that's such an integral part of his past and and present. But the 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 tone flipping of you'll have one of the most heartbreaking scenes you've ever seen as far as you know going through trauma or dealing with trauma, and then you will see a donkey fart a portal to a different dimension. Yeah. Is it a hard show to recommend?
3: I, I pick and choose who I recommend it to. So I mean, I've got lots of. You know, friends who love uh, comics have loved them all their lives, and they can't handle the show. Like it's, it's too, it's too extreme. It's too heavy. It's not fun. You know, they're people who you know comics are an escape, uh, not a an allegory, I guess. And you know, they're not looking to deal with their issues through their comics. They're looking to, you know, recapture what they loved about their youth. Um, But some people, you know, they like the edgier comics. They like things that are are deeper and more uh, confrontational. And for that, uh, it really works. Um, And, you know, it makes the humour in the series, you know, really work if you are in a dark space to enjoy it, I guess. You know, you need to come out as, like, this is messed up stuff let's have a laugh because everything's so bleak <laughs> you know
0: yeah it's not worse than real life so <laughs> um yeah i remember on my podcast we covered we were going to cover the show we were going to cover one specific episode uh, and everybody was or uh, some people on the my podcast were a little leery like are we sure this show is good i was like yes 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 it is watch it and the episode we happened to cover that week uh dealt with a ghost orgy and yep. i was like sweet Everyone's gonna love this. What's not great about a ghost orgy? And still, it was like, yeah, but they took it so far. Like that was still the craziest ghost <laughs> orgy I've ever seen.
3: Yeah. Well, that was one uh, of Rachel Pollock's ideas. Was the the people who died during sex accidents, and uh, they became the sexually remanded spirits. So that, that's one of those. Just wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> I hope that's the way I go. Um, what? <laughs> You said that, um, I know that you guys have talked about the titles of season four, um, but we don't know that much. It comes out, as of this recording, it comes out in just a couple of days, but as far as all of your reading goes, all of the issues that you've read, what characters or storylines do you hope, like what would be your top, they haven't covered this yet?
3: Oh, um, well, we are getting Casey Brink, who is a, I don't want to spoil too much, but she is, drives the Dambulance, which is the... Uh, Danny the Street as an ambulance. Okay. And just pointing out for you, Danny the Street is a pun on Danny LaRue, the um, cross-dressing entertainer of Britain. Um, so that's literally Danny the Street in French. So, uh, yeah. Um, so dropping some knowledge. But, yeah, uh, Casey is coming in and she is like, uh, she is the pilot who can take the team anywhere. Um, and I believe there's some time travel, so that uh, – you know, we have had a little bit of time travel in the last season, um, with the, the time drill, <laughs> drilling pod thing, um, and Madame Rouge. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what direction that will go. Um, so yeah, Casey, definitely we're getting cod You know, will Codpiece just be, you know, part of an app or an ongoing foe? I mean, they don't really do too many ongoing foes who aren't mm. you know part of the team sometimes it's, it's very yeah, strange it's, it's, but okay. uh, and the butts down. are back
0: <laughs> i gotta write down real quick uh halloween costume idea codpiece i think that's gonna be what i go as uh is madame ruse just part of the team now like has she gone from villain to family
3: uh in the comics she isn't so in the comics, she was uh a person who was hypnotised into being a villain by the Brotherhood of Evil, which is uh, Monsumella and the Brain, um, and then the Chief sort of became infatuated with her and installed a camera in her room to watch her all the time, but nothing creepy, don't worry, <laughs> and then brainwashed her into being a hero, and then she got brainwashed back. So, um, And since then, she has had a daughter in the comics, but hasn't really been utilised, um, but I mean, for a long time in the comics, you know, the, there was a, a divide between the Silver Age version and the and the modern version. And a lot of the t- the team were actually mostly killed in in 1969. So <clears throat> I was just gonna drink of water.
0: And it's better than being killed during '69 because then they'd have to be at that ghost orgy. <laughs> I, <laughs> let me ask you this: What outside of Doom Patrol, which uh, like as far as all the TV that we watch on my podcast is one of our favorite shows. Um, where do you see the state of comic book TV and movies right now? You lived a large part of your life with almost none of it, or it was basically all crap, and then over the last fifteen years, we've been inundated. Uh, do you still get excited when you see, you know, mainstream or you know, more niche characters getting their own TV show, getting their own movie? Does it still fill you with delight?
2: To be continued.
0: Wow. Right?
1: That was really good. I'm so impressed with his answers based on those lackluster questions.
0: Those what? Lackluster questions. Did you say say blockbuster questions? Those blockbuster video questions. I thought they were all blockbuster questions. Um, So... That was Paul. Guys, please go and listen to his show, which is what I said at the end of the interview, but I'll say it again. Uh, that's Waiting for Doom uh, and DC OCD. He has a podcast with the letters OCD in it, which I think that you should go check out as well. That's the show. Guys, thank you, Caitlin and Mike, for being here. Thank you for having us.
2: Always a pleasure. Okay,
0: sounded sarcastic, but. Uh, why don't you two get the fuck off my stage as fast as possible that's why why
2: don't you okay bye
0: thank you so much um we have some special guests to come in here and uh read the ads for the week here to talk to us about websites is murph mcgurff the onset kiss director for warrior nun murph are you here Yes, I'm here. Murph, you uh you teach women how to kiss each other on set? Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's my job. How how did you get that job? Well, I've just got a lot of
2: good recommendations from who? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, I get around a lot and I got a lot a, a lot of good recommendations from, you know, the Good old people at grocery stores what the who is at grocery st- <laughs> Murph oh, if you,
0: Murph, if you could use a paper towel or something to wipe your mouth, I would really appreciate that
2: that's what makes a real good kiss though ryan i that one I'll give you that one for free
0: oh, great, you will give me that kid please stop trying to kiss me Murph that's you're no you're supposed to direct other people at it please please stop um Murph, if you could tell us about uh some websites, that would be great
2: yeah. You should go to um, popfilter.co. Okay.
0: Should we get some French fried potatoes?
2: (laughs) I love my taters. They give a good smack every time you eat them. (sighs) But popfilter.co, good stuff there. Good stuff. Want to kiss it all?
0: Yeah. Please kiss all the websites. Also go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter and yourpopfilter.com well and amazon i don't remember where amazon is we'll ask the next person where amazon is uh thank you murph mcgurph please remove your disgusting mouth off the stage here to tell us about uh some more podcasts is stephanie meyer the author of the twilight books stephanie are you there what
1: yeah i'm here
0: <laughs> stephanie What oh, wow. this is quite an honor you're a huge celebrity
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you. You like my books? I'll sign it here. Give me your book. I'll sign it right now. Uh,
0: no, I I don't read your books, but um, no. I appreciate you oh, being I, here. I,
1: I was told the host of superhero show show was a huge Twilight fan. Is that not true?
0: Uh, Stephanie, you have a. Uh, are you a good singer? Oh yeah, it sounds like you would be.
1: I can sing real low. Do you do you like Tom Waits? I do a mean Tom Waits a karaoke. Are
0: Are you working on anything right now? Writing. Right and wise. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like my karaoke tour of the
1: United States of this here, America. If you, you want yeah,
0: that, I guess you can plug that.
1: Nah, it's fine. That's just for me. I will keep that to myself.
0: But yeah, I'm working
1: on a book right now. What's it called? Follow Up to Twilight. It's called Follow Up to Twilight. No, no, I'm just telling you what it, what it is about. It's It takes place a hundred years after Twilight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's actually about the trial of Jacob the werewolf who falls in love with a baby. And uh, I realize now, a few years out, that that's fucked
0: up. <laughs> so is this like you recanting your storytelling? Uh,
1: I'm just, uh, you know, I have a muse. I'm just the conduit that words do flow with forward with me. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's who's to say. Uh, characters do things that does not mean an endorsement by the writer.
0: Sure. I love uh, when when a writer says that about their own work, it's always a good sign. So uh, I, who's
1: to say if Jacob was or was not right? But uh, Team Edward over here, you know, brother.
0: That's <laughs> so, so gross. Have you sort have you thought about dabbling in WWE as like a guest <laughs> wrestler? No, I mean I'm you know look at me, I got
1: bird bones. I'm a pretty petite have, lady. So I don't, I people are probably it. confused
0: based on your voice if they're listening at home. But you are a scant eighty four pounds, soaking wet. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to bulk up. <laughs> uh-huh. For What purpose? <laughs> Drinking milk. I uh, just the doctor said I should, you know, way more so the winds don't blow me away.
0: Uh huh. One way- dangerous <laughs> is
1: climate change, they don't talk about is if you're a tiny lady, winds are gonna blow you away.
0: That's that's one of the reasons we have to solve climate change as soon as possible. You're gonna <laughs> blow all these tiny ladies away, Stephanie Meyer. We have to figure that out. Uh, have you heard any other? I, you know, what sucks is that, uh, Typically when I do the show, uh somebody named Caitlin is here, who is a huge fan of your work, but she's not here right now. Oh, that's that's the big fan. She would love to be a big you. fan. Does do you think that her loving your stories makes her stupid? Yeah, yeah. look, I write these books real quick for uh-huh. money. They're pretty
1: shitty. But uh That's you know, everybody has to like something, I guess. And I, I don't want to make fun of my Dumb fans
0: I'm sure they're wonderful I'm sure Caitlin has a good reason for loving them Uh, Have you heard any podcasts that you'd like to plug? Yeah,
1: my good pal Stephen King turned me on to this one called uh, Movie of the Year That uh, these three gentlemen, Greg, Ryan, and Mike Go through uh, each season's a different year And they try to pick the best movie that year Right now, I believe it is 2002 And uh, look, because I'm a celebrity I get things a little early this Battle Royale episode coming out soon. It is hot tamale, my friend.
0: It is thank you. it is hot tamale, Stephanie Meyer. I totally agree. Um, why don't you wait for a big gust of wind to remove you from nah, this I got
1: some more shit to say. But oh, the okay. thing you were looking for before is popfilter.co slash Amazon. That's how you get to Amazon. It is the holidays, it is the season, all that. And, of course, Unnatural 20s. Three ladies like to talk about what it is to be in your 20s. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe they all aged out because that show hasn't had a new episode in uh, quite some time.
0: I bet you, though, your work is mentioned on almost every episode. Oh,
1: it's embarrassing.
0: Is it? Have I've you listened. listened.
1: It's a great show, but it's, it makes me blush.
0: All right. Stephanie Meyer, thank yeah. you for being here. Get the fuck out of here. Right, you're right. Hey, Sound more like me. Oscar Meyer. Uh, here to tell us about social media is a hot priest. Well, hello there.
2: Hey, it's me. <laughs> it's time to repent. Oh, I am and, excited
0: to repent.
2: yes, um, I love to go on social media. That's where I find the most holiest things on the internet on there it's um my most holiest place that I like to go is is your pill- your pop filter on Instagram and sometimes Twitter too, but that place is becoming almost too unholy um but i think it's a great place to put pictures of my abs either way and my tattoos on my arms because hot priests always have to have tattoos what
1: no about, i know sorry and, i know it's supposed to leave but what about your hot priest holes is that on the holiest <laughs> site
0: christ stephanie meyer i don't see myself out <laughs> I apologize for her. She is a lunatic. Uh, hot priest, I noticed that you mostly have uh, pictures of your abs tattooed on your arms and pictures yes. of your arms tattooed on your abs. Does that make you more of a hot or more of a priest?
2: It makes me more of a shredded hot priest. Mm, I'm both. Yep. Yeah, both of the above.
0: Do you think your hotness will get you to heaven faster?
2: I think it's already gotten me there, Ryan.
0: <laughs> it's gotten me there for sure, just looking at you.
2: I get that's you just been anointed. You're welcome. That's what I do. I stand in my presence and my hotness will rub off on you. It uh, seems I, off me.
0: I appreciate you being here, Hot Priest. Uh, nobody's ever been hotter or priestier on this show. Thank I know. you. For, thank you for your social media updates. Uh, here to tell us about our contact information is Valerie, a girl who wishes her name was Mallory. Hello. Hi, Valerie. No, well,
1: I guess, yes, I'm Valerie. I would love if you called me Mallory right now, though. Is that your name?
0: No. Okay, your name is Valerie, right? Yeah, but Mallory just rolls off the tongue. Valerie's like, uh, poop. Poo. It's the same name, just with a different first letter. No,
1: Valerie, v, the V is, I'm very uncomfortable with the letter V, but the letter M is is, is strong, it's stable, it has several points that touch the ground.
0: What is, what is your mother? You know what? If that's what you want to be called then I'm going to respect it. Why Thank Mallory? You. No, it's Mallory. Why Mallory?
1: Why Mallory? I said the M touches the ground in four oh, points. Right. I it's forgot about the letter. touches the
0: ground part.
1: Mallory. Mallory is like, oh, she's just a valley girl, and I do not like that reputation.
0: Okay. It, it's Shallory, uh, is that all right? Mm, but then people would be like, oh, is her favorite
1: movie Shallory Hallory? And I don't <laughs> like that. Shallory Hallory? Did you mean to say yeah. Shallow Hal? Well, that's what people do. They would try to do some bad wordplay.
0: Do you think that Hal is short for Hallory? I know for a fact it is. All the owl
1: names know
0: what the owl names are short for. And it's always Allery. So, <laughs> Al Bundy is really Allery Bundy? Allery Bundery. What do you call the bird that flies and then hoots and sits in a tree? Allery? You call those Alleries? Yes, that's their full names. Okay, uh, Mallory, uh, tell us about how you can contact us.
1: Uh, you should no. Somebody told me this was new and it would be out. It's uh contact at pop What kind of things would you send to that? I would send, Hey, you call me Valerie a lot. Please call me Mallory. Hey, you made a great point about star girl, but a very bad point about heart stoppers. And here's my, what I think about heart stoppers.
0: Are you, is that an example or are you saying that right now to us? Yes. Ah, uh, I see. Yes, that is podfilter or contact at potfilter.com. What kind of
1: stuff do you want people to send to you?
0: No, that's all great. Mal- Mal- Mallory. You're, thank you're you. It's
1: Mallory. Me. All right. So, listeners, what your name is, what your name is not, what they got <laughs> right and what they got wrong.
0: I would like you to list what your name is and also all of the names that your name is not. Yes. Thank you, Mallory, so much for being here. Uh, that is our time. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Next week, we have so much Doom Patrol. We're going to review the second episode of Doom Patrol. Uh, We have the conclusion of the Waiting for Doom interview. It's all Doom Patrol, all the time, for Mike, for Caitlin. My name is Ryan. Goodbye, nurses.